Well, whenever ready? you're ready. All right, here we go. Podcast number number eight. Number eight. Number See? eight. See, you scared me last week, so I'm going to start making you call them out. <laughs> well, I was just afraid we were going to stop counting because we. I don't know if I can count past ten. I think we'll keep producing, but I don't know about counting. Fair enough. Maybe the number will get too big in the kicker. So what are we talking about this week? We're talking about leathers. Leathers. That sounds good. Why are we not covering Moto America? Because I got somewhere to be. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is a Friday where normally we'll film on Sundays, but uh, old Cole Burmester here has got some business to attend to this weekend. So we won't be covering Moto America this week. So we apologize for that. We'll be back at it, though, on the next one. Yeah, luckily, what, MotoGP is not back for another three weeks. So I think we got some time to cover Moto America next week and yep, fit yeah. this one in this week. So here Absolutely. we are. Episode eight, let's roll the intro. Intro. Yesterday, at one point, I was in six. All right. Well, Leathers, where do we start? Well, I think we should start with, I mean, maybe this will make sense at the end, but I wanted to start by saying you should try to avoid the pitfalls that I've made and that I see everybody make. And maybe everybody has to do it to learn, to get to what they're doing. But what I'm speaking of is when it comes to track day Leathers, uh, we've talked about it on here before. But you're going to, okay, you're going to do your first track day. Uh, some people have gear. Some people don't, you know, before they get there. But the people that are just trying to do one track day and they don't know if they're going to fall in love with it or not, will try to get away with the cheapest, smallest amount of gear possible when it comes to suits. As, well, sometimes. As an example, I did my first track day thinking that I was never going to do it again. It was just a bucket list item. And so I bought, uh, what do you call it? The mesh stuff? The textile. Textile. Yeah. Non I went and bought a textile suit, a zip together suit that worked for the track day that we were attending. And my thought was, if I never do a track day again, when it's cold, I'm still going to be able to throw this on and go for a ride. Which, have you ever worn it again? No. Outside of, I mean, obviously not at the track, but well, never put it back on. No, um, no, I've, tr I've wore the jacket a couple times, but never okay. the pants. All right. I was just curious. Cause I remember thinking like when you bought it, I was like, I feel like you're more of a leather guy anyway. Is that a Harley hit again? No, 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 no. Gosh. But if you're going to go ride in something, cause I mean, that was, you bought the Ducati. It was your first sport bike if i'm not mistaken yep. right and i was like i just remember thinking i was like a little surprised you know it surprised me that you came out with a textile suit because i thought to myself i don't know that he would wear that anyway which is why he's saying he bought it well to be fair i had just came off that trip across the whole country and i froze to death for like five states <laughs> that will do yeah that'll do something to you i know there's plenty of times i've been out in the rain i'm like man i gotta go buy rain gear and i look at 
rain gear and then i'm like ah, that's a lot of money maybe i just won't ride in the <laughs> rain anymore <laughs> uh you, you'll dry off yeah yeah i remember the one time we were i mean i told you that story but going up to uh, leavenworth out in washington mm-hmm. and the rain on the way way out it wasn't too bad but on the way back it was bad enough that i was pouring water out of my boot but then also my had a white hoodie on and my leather vest was just soaking the ink or the dye through it so it's just this black line down the middle of my hoodie. Yeah. I, I am a fair weather rider after that day, I have decided. Uh, well, I used to say I wasn't. You know, I'll ride whenever, but the whole the whole age thing again starts to catch up and what you're willing to do starts to trail off a little bit. I'm holding out better than most. Well, I'd say in Utah, you're I mean, you're doing better than I am, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you've become quite the southern southern gentleman over there you won't you won't do much unless it's 80 that's true well that's because 70 feels like 40 now it's yeah. insane and it it didn't take that long but i mean you got you know you got the heated grips and all the all the goodies on the bmw yeah. over there so oh, i use i used i used the cruise control so much today where were you uh, going today so i had to head down to harrison eurosports for a bmw recall Ooh, which one was that? I know you told me the cam were. chain tensioner. Okay. So how long did that take them? Uh, longer than it should have. Sorry, <laughs> guys. Well, I had an appointment. They were supposed to get it in and out in an hour, depending on how quick they could cool it down, because they didn't want to burn their hands on the on the bike. So you rode it across I rode the, it. over the mountain. Yeah. So ninety six miles one way. It, it ended up taking them about three hours. Yeah, it's still not too bad. It's not like it was two days, you know. All said and done. And this is this is not since we're gonna go off on that tangent for a second, this is not a hit to BMW because as a motorcycle manufacturer, I don't know that anybody could argue. When something happens, there is no argument. It's like that's a that's a recall, we're fixing it. Everybody bring your bikes back. I think out of all the bikes, all the different manufacturers, they're probably the best at that. Okay. The negative side of that is there's a few recalls. <laughs> they BM- have some issues. <laughs> well, BMW dealerships are not uh, as prevalent as your Suzuki dealership. or That is true. Yeah. I mean, there's what? One in Utah? Yeah. Four, and that's go. not just BMW. That's like all Euro bikes. Yeah. BMW, Triumph, Ducati. I think that's it. They don't do. Yeah, because you don't actually have an Aprilia dealer in Utah. No Aprilia dealer. Why does Utah have so few motorcycle dealers? Because even like they're big on power sports, but most of those power sports, like you're lucky to find a CBR 300 in there. It's been a while since I've been and really looked around, but that's what I remember. Well, like everything, um, ADV bikes, they're the the number one end all be all for everything. Yeah. Which, of course, being a BMW dealership, they're full of those. Um, Right. Plenty of. I got to check out the Desert X up close today. And? I think I could touch the ground. <laughs> uh, that's good. Kind of. I mean, that was exciting. You know, in, in 30 years when I decide I'm too old for the sport bikes, 30, 32 years, I'll uh, maybe go get me one of them adventure bikes. See, 32 years is when you're supposed to buy a, a Ninja 400 or an R3 or a CBR 300. and Also true. Um, that reminds me, I did see something funny today. Uh, leaving leaving the Ducati shop, mm-hmm. there was a U-Haul trailer, uh, Ducati V4R. Okay. 
what was, was pulling it? Uh, Toyota pickup, I believe. Interesting. Okay. On the side of the bike, you know, when you do your, obviously, you know, but for those at home, they'll usually put a sticker on, on a track day. They'll put a sticker for which class you're racing. He had 20 to 30 C class stickers, C group going down the sides of the fairings. Oh my gosh. So he spread them all out. Yeah. He's just spread them. It's just one stacking them. He's just That's stacking cool. them right on the side of the bike. I mean, it's not like it's a sexy sticker or anything. <laughs> it's like, at least around here. I mean, you're, you're originally from here, so you know, but when I was a kid and you went to the ski resort, um, you, you would get a pass, pass on your jacket. Yeah. They yeah. put a, put a little stick together pass on your jacket. And I remember yeah. all the elementary kids, especially, but yeah. even like the middle school kids, they'd have like 15 of them on their zipper to show. I've been 15 yeah. times. Look how cool I am. Yeah. Or I, I mean, this one might be a lot less, uh, but like luggage stickers on yep. their backpacks they get the luggage thing around it like oh yeah i just flew to mexico i'm like okay <laughs> i've been to all these countries uh speaking of europe you know soccer is really big over there mm -hmm. I, i've seen people that have like bags that show how many soccer games they've been to okay or football over there <laughs> yeah but uh i mean you, you see you see some weird stuff they're really into it i seen a like a fanny pack type thing or a shoulder bag i don't know what you call it a mail a postman bag type thing and it had all the teams listed and it had Velcro strips you could pull off to put which teams were playing that week. Right. So you, so you could change it every week. Okay. That's interesting. That's too much. That's too much. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, let's get uh back on suits. Yeah, back on suits. We've been well, let's let's talk about the BMW time. dealerships more first. Okay, sure. Got it. I did get to drive a bike today. Besides yours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had some. They had a row of demo bikes sitting in there, and I had some hours to kill. And I said, "Hey, what do I got to do to demo that bike?" Did you get a G three ten R? How'd you guess that? Uh, I was just hoping maybe I didn't guess. Yeah, I got one. I went and put, you know, maybe ten miles on it. Uh -huh. I was probably not even that. Just went and burned it around the neighborhoods. And I brought it back, and I talked to the the owner oh, of the. For a second, I thought you brought it back home. I was like, hey, <laughs> got a new bike. That sounds like me, but no. I was talking to the owner, and I said, what's better about this than, say, an RC390? I mean, wouldn't that be the direct competition? And he he himself said, it's no competition for an RC390. Hmm. RC390's got more torque. It's got more horsepower. It's got more, you know, he listed off everything, and and then started bragging about, but it does have ABS. And I'm like, so does that one. But it, right. it it does have this. And I said, so does that one. And I said, but the RC390 has got a quick shifter. RC390 arguably is better looking. Yeah. yeah. I know I know that's opinion based, but that's coming from somebody that buys BMWs. So it's fair. Right. But he did. I do, I do think the 310R would look cool in that fairing kit we found though. So hear me out. The first point of that is... The Husky's not going anywhere. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. The second point is he told me in Europe, they are already selling a 310 RR. Okay. With what? Fairings. And fairings. Yes. Okay. And and that might change a lot of my yeah. opinion of the bike, my personal opinion, but without that quick shifter, it's not quite worth. I mean, yeah, a small bike like that, you got to have something that makes it more appealing besides the, I always feel so bad. Because I hear so many people say the smaller bikes are fun, and I tell people that. 
mostly because I, I already have a bike and so i'd rather just ride what i have but i think about right. getting a small bike and i'm just like you know we kind of work our way up and up and up i mean it's like when we were looking at that ducati right you were like ah, i'll just go buy another s1000 <laughs> right <laughs> which completely negates the point of what we were trying to do but anyway that would be well, exciting we'll... though I'll, I'll have to keep my eye out for that rr model see what it looks like and what the updates compared to the standard r r yeah. after R-R-R. riding after riding that one today there there needs to be it needs a little more punch for sure mm-hmm. i i just felt you know i'm comparing it almost back to back with the husky right and, yeah you're just riding that the other day so and the husky's got more grunt everywhere now you did ride an s1000 between the two <laughs> fair oh so, like you i'm not saying your opinion's not not accurate but you did just come off of an s1000 on the freeway if i'm not mistaken so anything feels slow yeah <laughs> Most anything yeah. well that's what like you used to talk about you used to pull your three three wheelers out in the spring right yeah and it always feels so fast after sitting around all winter yeah and you told me that one year that i had ruined your life because the three wheelers all felt like they needed worked on or something like they were yeah, missing they're all something. gutless now everything's gutless yeah, super bikes do that to you. It's kind of sad. Yeah, the Maserati I seen wouldn't race me. I don't know what style Maserati was, but there was a pretty hot Maserati I was two trying door, to play around with. Four door, two door. It was yeah. a little. I light. see a lot of I see a lot of four doors out here. So, well, that's, more back in Washington, but that's normally all I ever seen. I was pretty surprised it was a Maserati because it was quite exotic. Oh, we saw actually just yesterday on my way home. I saw some like late nineties Ferrari right behind me kind of surprising he wasn't doing anything which i don't know if you could it's probably only got five miles left in it but it's cool looking are you sure it wasn't fiero yeah yeah i just i gotta check because that predates you a little bit so yeah no i know it got close <laughs> enough you know we stopped at a red light together i've seen the seen the badge and then seen the lines it's not yeah it wasn't a pontiac with a horse on the front so, <laughs> no worries uh, there kind of be cooler if it was <laughs> all right let, let's go back to suits i do want to discuss the bmw dealership some more but we'll save that for the end if we got time okay sounds good so what i was saying is don't make the same mistake as me if you look at my closet right now i have my what'd you call it a text textile textile i, I don't know if that's the right word but yeah. it sounds right and the textile setup is not cheap it's cheaper that was the other yeah not to interrupt you sorry but that was the other thing that i remembered was like when you told me the price, I was like, that's not like, I mean, I, I got my first set of stuff used for the most part. I know the boots and the pants at least. I think I had, I had had the gloves for a while um, and they weren't expensive either. Yeah. When you told me the price, of all that, I was like, Whoa, that's not a, it's not like you're saving a ton of money doing that. See, that was so many years ago that you didn't have the cojones to, you know, just straighten me out. You probably kept it to yourself back then. Yeah, I guess so. So you owe me some money is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, at that point, we weren't going to the track all the time. You had bought this bike and you're like, yeah, I'll come to a track day with you. And that was kind of like, eh, he might maybe do it again. Maybe not. It wasn't until the week after that you bought the trailer and the S1000 and <laughs> a new suit and <laughs> and everything else. I got a question for you, though. Sorry if I'm going to sidetrack you here, but that's easy why? to do. I see behind you there Alpen Stars, and if I'm not mistaken that first suit that you got the textile one was alpen stars obviously back behind me same thing can tell you in a in a minute why I, I went that way in the beginning but i'm curious why you went that way 
or if there is a reason there? Um, there is a reason with a more of an off-road background, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Alpine Stars is popular in the U.S. at the sand dunes, at the motocross track, popular tank tops in the audience of a monster truck show. Right. Um, it's just a much bigger name, I think, in the United States. I don't know what the actual sale numbers are compared to the other companies, but I would imagine they dwarf most other brands um, in, over, it's overall. Like in off-road gear or just all together? Overall, in the U.S., okay. it's okay. a lot more prevalent. And I've had boots and riding pants over the years. I've always liked what I got there. Right. So it was mostly to do about buying a reputable brand. Okay. And you? Are we going to talk about Mark again? Is that what? <laughs> Basically. Uh, no, there's a little bit else too, though. I When I was younger, before I even got my license, my brother bought a sport bike. And he like he went out and got himself a nice jacket. And I remember it being a blue Alpenstar's jacket and Alpenstar's gloves. And I was like, that's nice. Those are nice things. And then I started watching racing. I recognized that brand. So that stood out to me a lot. And in racing, I mean, I think it used to be that was, you had that and Denise. And that was really about it. Now you got a couple others mixing in. And I might be getting my facts wrong there, but those are definitely the two big boys. Yeah. I mean, everyone that I liked, Mark and a, and a couple others, they all rode Alpen Stars. My brother had Alpen Stars. And so I was like, that's, that's what you get if you're on a sport bike and you want something that shows that you know what you're doing and, you buy quality stuff. That's what you get. It's helping stars. Right. So where, where is that company from? I don't know. I couldn't even tell you actually. Well, Google it because they right. come from the, they come from the same land as Dine Easy. I want to say Italy. So the reason I bring that up is my whole life. I assumed that that was an American brand. Mm-hmm. You've got a, you've got a star on it. It's pretty, I mean, seems pretty American to me. I don't know, not that long ago. I think when I visited the Dainese shop in Las Vegas and was mm-hmm. talking to him or the gentleman there, he one of the comments he made was they're both from Italy, and that really surprised me. Yeah. Bogota. Bogota? <laughs> Since we're into speaking Italian things wrong here. Bogota. <laughs> uh, Bogota, nice. I believe, is how you would say that. I don't I don't know. I'm not trying to say anything, but yeah, it just it's, it really surprised me that such a what I think is kind of an American icon is an American. Yeah. It looks like from what I'm seeing, they have a they have a plant in California, or at least a big shipping facility in California, which who doesn't? So <laughs> but yeah. Founded in nineteen sixty three by Sante Mazzarallo in Asalo, Italy. They were actually making hiking and ski boots. That hmm. tracks. Yeah. That, that tracks, big mountains. A lot of skiing. Then it says they quickly shifted over to motocross and road racing. So, makes sense. I also know, I mean, they're they're also all over in, you know, F1 and car racing. And you you see them everywhere. They're definitely big. So, but yeah, those were my, uh, that was my main reason, honestly, is because that's that's what my brother had. And that's what I seen. And that was his, his second bike. So his first bike, I think he just had whatever whatever came with it. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But his second one, like in my head, the second one was a newer, nicer bike. And he had this sweet new helmet. That was, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Because I also wear Icon helmets and that's what he had. So anyway. You're impressionable. You yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, I have proven to myself that I like the stuff that I buy. Uh, I think though, here maybe in a little bit, 
by the end of this episode, we'll have proven to ourselves that we might have made the wrong decision to a degree. Yeah, yeah. that's that's where I'm thinking. You you alluded to it, but you've been happy with your purchases overall. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I have also been happy with mine. But again, when I did switch over to a leather suit, I bought the cheapest leather suit I could find that still had the star on it. Right. I did not hate that suit, but I mean, this is, I mean, we need, we need to click down on the subjects here. So that we answer a question or two, I'll tell you why I hated those later or why those weren't great. I'm now on my third suit, my third full leather suit from them. All right. And like I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep going back to the well. But I need to start looking at other wells that I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, so my first my first jacket was actually a, a textile mesh mesh jacket that I got off Facebook Marketplace. And then I found a pair of pants for cheap. So I picked those up. They were used. And then, like I said, I had the gloves from the beginning. And when did I get the boots? I think I got the boots before I bought the jacket. The jacket was the final thing I bought. Because uh, I couldn't find a used one in my size. And I think size is probably the biggest. Like, I'll put that as reason number one for our, like, end reason we might be leaving Alpen Stars and Denizi and the, the big boy brands after this. I think it would be sizing and trying to find something that fits you, especially for a one-piece suit. I will say that if you're doing pants and a jacket, uh, two-piece, a lot easier because you can get pants that fit you and a jacket that fits you and then you just sip them together finding a suit that's the right length in the torso and the pants when they're all made around the same ratios i guess size wise could be more difficult i know yeah. i think that's something that you've struggled with a little more than me absolutely so let's just let's just keep going on the size thing so for me i'm 510 if i was on a dating app i'd be 511 but <laughs> When I go to buy a suit, I have very, I mean, 5'10", I'm not a tall person, but pretty broad chested, a bit overweight at times, but my legs are quite short. So if you go through the measurement on, for any brands, just off the shelf suit, when you go to buy one, you're going to choose, you're not just going to pick an extra large or something like that when you're buying a t-shirt. I mean, they are designated large, extra large, whatever, but it'll break down multiple sizes within each one of those. Right. And so you go, you go pick your sizes. Well, I'm a 32 inch in inseam. If I pick a 32 inch inseam, it's like a medium suit. Mm -hmm. And I can't fit in an extra large suit because of my chest size. So if I buy a suit that fits me in the chest, my knees are literally on my shins. <laughs> Yeah. And if I try, like I said, I'm on my fourth try, basically three, three leather suits and I can't get anywhere close. My current suit, um, works great, but I have a lot of material balled up on my knees, you know, cause you shove them in the boots. So they have a yeah. positive stopping point and then all the extra material shoves up there from my neck to my crotch. They're not long enough. So I need shorter legs, longer center section. Right. There's really no choices. That's, I don't think there's another one off the shelf that would fit better. Either one up, one down. It's just not possible. That's as close as I can get. Yeah. Yeah. Most of, at least for Open Stars, what I look at, they, 
they come in euro sizes in most places. It seems to be like a, a the, the chest measurement is the major part, right? right? And then everything else they just kind of assume on. And so I buy a, a 46 euro, which is a, a 36 US. And I'm I'm lucky, I would say, because I have pretty standard proportions. Because that's a, that's a 36. I got real lucky with that one too. I found it on sale and then on sale of on sale. <laughs> so that was good. Didn't end up paying much for that one. So I'm not mad about it. But that one doesn't feel... I mean, it doesn't feel built for me and, you know, it'd be great to have a custom suit, but looking at custom suit prices, they kind of, you know, if you, if you want to stick Alpen stars or Denise, you're spending a lot of money, even not custom. If you want something that's, you know, top of the line from them, like what was that one in, in Coda that we saw in the Denise tent, like five fifty five hundred. Yep. Fifty five hundred dollars for a freaking race suit. The problem is the so at the beginning of this the safety is the number one factor. Let's just you know yep. we can say safety safety third and all that. But the reason you're wearing them is for safety, right? I can't see where a five thousand dollars suit minus airbags and you know whatever else you might put in them. Most suits that I see, if you're buying it from a reputable company, I should mm-hmm. say, I don't see one suit you know leaps and bounds above another one for slide protection. Let's talk about that. So before we get too far, you know, we're talking about sizing. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that because there is a big difference between what people like. Maybe people just can't find suits, but you see people walking around and some people look like they had to jump out of an airplane to get into their suit. (laughs) You know, they probably, you know, they basked with it the night before they pulled a Conor McGregor sauna fest to lose enough weight to get in. And then they just didn't take it off the next day. Right. And then there's yep. other people that wear them pretty baggy. Mm-hmm. It's not only the size, it's what you prefer. Definitely comes into play. From personal experience, I can say the first suit I bought, you know, in my normal life, I like loose fitting clothes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy walking around, you know, with a suit painted on him. And you hear the people all the time say, if you can get it on, it fits. Whenever you ask, like, how do I, how tight should this be? If you can get it on, it fits. That's right. what I hear all the time. Yep. My first suit was a little loose-ish. Mm-hmm. And the first time I crashed on that suit, the arms, I mean, the crash was great. I slid for a long time. It suit absolutely did its job. But I can say that my arm, one of my arms that was got underneath me, the actual suit was baggy enough that it rolled on my arm. Yeah, I think I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, the, the actual suit rolled and it's got neoprene or some kind of stretchy material on the inside so that you can still move in these things mm-hmm. it rolled to the outside and then instantly just burnt right through right and so i ended up in that particular crash i was completely unscathed except for the road rash burns on my arm from where the suit had tore through so i bought this identical suit i bought an identical suit to that one because it was fine and i just went down a size mm-hmm then I felt like I was restricted and having a hard time moving on the bike in that suit. So on the bike, you said on the bike. Okay. So probably safer in a crash. I don't think I tried. Yeah. I haven't tried those ones out yet. <laughs> tried it. Yeah. Let's, let's put the bike down here and see how the suit does. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a funny way of putting that. I like it. So I think, so size, you got to decide what's right for you. Mm-hmm. When that question, I think is going to come into play with custom measured suits as well so i will say i i don't want to say this is a correction but there's a fine line between right for you and safe 
Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you might be comfier in something that's nice and baggy. But I was, I was talking to the owner of a custom suit company. And I, so with this suit, I got that one because like I said, it, someone had ordered it in custom sized because it's a, it's a 36 US, 46 Euro, hard to find. So he ordered it in and never came back to get it. So they had it marked down from a thousand to six hundred dollars. And when I was in there that day, they said 40% off everything and all apparel in store. And I was like, Hey, is that suit over there apparel? <laughs> and they were like, I don't think so. I'm like, I'm just asking, you know, love to get it at 40% off of already 30% off. They're like, well, let me go talk to the manager. And the manager was like, it's been there for nine months. Yeah, go ahead. I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And they're like, well, make sure it fits first. And I was like, this is going to fit, right? <laughs> and it, it felt a little tight in the store, but I had jeans on and a, and a shirt. And I was like, well, you know, we'll see how it, how it fits at home. And I got home and I was like, eh, it's still a little tight. You put when that I was thing on over your jeans? In the store, yeah. It was tight. All right. <laughs> very tight don't try it um that's not that doesn't mean they fit right if they fit over the jeans that's not a, like a good like yeah that one works it was that was rough but so i went over because i was thinking about having it not hemmed the other word anyway adjusted right having someone go in and, and adjust sizing in, in a couple different places because i figured well i spent so little money on it comparatively to what it would be new i can afford to have someone make it kind of make it a custom fit and so i went and talked to the owner of uh it's called hazardous racing. We'll get back to that in a bit. But I asked him, I was like, Hey, this is, you know, this feels tight. It's kind of really restrictive when I zip it up and I'm walking around and he's like, if it's restrictive while you're walking around, that means it's fitting right. Cause it should make you kind of feel, you know, feel like you're balled up and hunched over all the time on the bike. As long as you don't feel restricted on the bike, that's how it should be. So just want to put that out there that there's what's comfortable there's what's right, and then there's what's uncomfortable, and there's a very fine line in that range. So, yeah, they shouldn't be comfortable to mow your lawn in. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to be hanging out around the house in it. Great way to break it in, I guess, but <laughs> not necessarily what you want to be doing to test and see if that's the right fit for you. So, well, you you talked to that guy. You got, I did. Yeah, I got some got an interview for him. If we want to go ahead and play that now, yeah, let's see that. All right. We'll do it. Uh, I'll introduce myself. I'm Easton. Hey, how you doing? I'm RJ with Hazardous Racing. Okay. So what? Uh, what is Hazardous Racing? Hazardous Racing is a uh, custom suit company. We uh, do. We're kind of like a one-stop shop for advertising, marketing, and protective gear for race teams. Okay. That is uh, incorporated into track days and. We do some street gear and stuff. Okay. So when you say one-stop shop, sorry, one-stop shop for advertising. Besides the racing leathers, what other type of products do you have? So we can do everything. If, for example, you were going to do a pro race. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, like, you know, the canopy, the feather flags, the table covers, okay. um, you know, suits, all, everything that is marketed or labeled with uh, whoever your sponsors are. Okay, so you can do the whole outfit. Right. Team, team shirts, the whole nine yards. Okay. Getting the end. So that way, um, your, your graphics and everything's consistent. It's just easier that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, are you, like, specifically just for the Southeast or? No, I'm all over the United States. We okay. do a little bit of international stuff as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah I assume you have a website. Uh, yeah, it's hazardousracing.com. Okay, easy, easy yeah. website to know. Okay, cool. So why, uh, I guess why I'm wearing Alpen Stars here, which right. is kind of funny because we're doing this interview, but Sorry. why should I switch to you or why should someone come to you first? Um, 
when I first started, the reason the hazards kind of came about was um, I, I looked around for a uh, custom fit suit, mm -hmm. and it was around three thousand dollars ten years ago to get a custom fit suit. Right. Which at that point in time, you could buy a season pass for twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars, okay. unlimited track days. You know, of course, you had to pay for your travel and fuel and everything. Right. But you know, like it was kind of at that point, it was an either or situation. So um, we kind of set out to. Uh, develop a safe or better, better than a, a rack suit that you would buy at your local um, bike shop uh, suit that was custom fit at or around a thousand dollars even with inflation we've been able to keep it right at that so okay. we could do a custom fit suit name and number uh, color choice and cowhide with all of the safety features that our race suit or our top of the line suit has for a thousand dollars okay thousand dollars that yeah. is that's a good price. Yes. And you said you could put like you could put airbags in there. We do have an air system that is um, our own design. We're a little late to it because okay. we started, even though we started ahead of the game. Um, I have worn the Hit Air um, vest for years. Like the very first one I wore was actually a, an equestrian version. Is before they even released their motorcycle versions. And the purpose of wearing it was to immobilize your helmet, which your most common break is your collarbone. It's not from landing on your collar, it's from landing on your helmet and then your weight landing on the helmet and it snaps the collarbone. Gotcha. So if you can immobilize your helmet, you almost eliminate that. Um, so we set out to develop a system that works similar to the hit air um, where the canister was housed into the uh, speed hump and then uh, the lanyard goes to the bike it deploys and it still immobilizes your helmet and we wanted more coverage you know I right. wanted the hips the tailbone the scapula the whole nine yards so um, it took us a little while we finally found a company to make uh, the, the bladders and uh, got it in production about a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, I didn't want something that you could send back or had to send back to me. Right. I wanted it to be serviceable by the user at the track. Okay. So, um, you know, you just reset the pin and put a new canister in it, repack the suit, and you can go back out in about 15 minutes time. Okay, so awesome. it's unlimited use until you go through the leathers or deploy right. the, you know, it has a puncture in the air suit yeah. itself. Okay. Awesome. Um, with that, you said it's lanyarded to the bike. So do I need to, like, I would have to leave the bike for it to deploy? Basically. Correct, yeah. So typically, you know, a low so side. Want, right. Yeah, at low sides, most people don't need that extra impact. Right. And if you feel like you're going to do something, you always kick yourself away from the bike. Um, I've had a couple offs that were low sides. It was an issue. Primarily, the um, even the hit air system was designed as an impact system. It wasn't designed to like roll through the track. Right. It was more for the initial impact. Um, fortunately, with it housed inside the suit, it uh, does stay in, uh, inflated for about a minute and a half. Okay. So therefore, you know, if you do roll or run into roll into something, um, it does still protect you. Okay, awesome. So when I'm coming to you, I get on your website, going to buy a custom suit, and I want to put my graphics on there. Do I need to have a suit design first, or is that something I can just like send you my logo? We have, and you guys kind of have like, uh, what's the word? Templates for it already. Yeah. So we have 13 different designs on our website that you can choose from, and then if you want something custom, we can obviously do that. If you okay. see like, you know, if you're online and you, you find something that you're like, hey, I really like the way Rossi's suit has this graphics on the inside of the sleeve, one leg's one color, the other's another color. Send it to me. I'll design it for you. Um, send me your logos if you have them in vector format that always speeds up the process mm -hmm. uh, we do artwork in the order in which we receive payment for orders if there is a time when we don't have artwork backed up and then we'll start doing people's requests okay. you know uh, without a payment right um, but we'll design it on a, a vector format I'll send you a digital rendering we change it as many times as you want until you're satisfied with it that's when production starts um, after I've received your complete build sheet including all your measurements uh, approval on your artwork and then within four weeks you'll have your suit okay awesome uh and as far as the 
that's what else I was going to ask. It's just a measurement process. That's just a simple. So the measurement process, there's, there's like uh, 30, around 30 measurements you take. Um, there is a full blown tutorial on our website in the header okay. under measurements. Um, it's very detailed. I always recommend that you read it, have whoever's doing your measurements, read it. And then you both take the measurement, you know? Yep. And then there's, if there's a discrepancy between the two of you, then let me know. I'll like gladly work through it with you. Um, a lot of people don't feel comfortable doing it. I do a track side um, at lunch and after the track days. Um, I also um, make meetings or have meetings set up for you to come by. And if you're remote, then I'm more than happy to get online and spend an hour or so in the evening with you yeah, and do a video chat, chat okay. and go over everything and make sure you have all your measurements correct awesome. and any questions you have whatsoever. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, is there anything else you want to put out about it? Not All right, that. sounds that good. Really? Thanks again, man. Yes, thank you. Sweet. So that was RJ with Hazardous Racing. A thousand bucks for a suit? A thousand dollars, not just for a suit, for a custom suit. Not just custom print, but also custom sizing, completely custom. Under a thousand dollars. I've actually got his uh his pricing up here. So his podium custom race suit is eight hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. You, yep. you see this guy right here? Uh huh. That was more than eight ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. That's what's crazy about it. So earlier, earlier I mentioned the first suit I ever, the first leather suit I ever bought. Mm -hmm. Really close to that price point. That was the cheapest one I could find at the time. I think they're that, right at the nine 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 five or something like with, that. With that logo on the front, right? Not my name, but that logo. Yep, you get Alpen Stars logo. You get whatever size ratio they deem most people are fit to. And that's about it. Yeah, when he... So prior to that interview with him, I, you know, he had mentioned himself at the writer's meeting. I was like, yeah, would be kind of interesting to talk to. I was actually going to... I was on my way over there to ask him about, you know, taking my suit in and and getting it upholstered or not upholstered. That's for cars. Um, but changed out, right? And we had that conversation, and then I was like, well, hey, do you mind if I do an interview with you later? I hadn't asked him a price until that interview. So when he said that number, I was like, under, I was expecting, you know, you said they're they're cheap, affordable. I'm like, okay, this is going to come in at $2,000, $2,500. Nope, under $1,000. Custom print, name, your racing number, your company, you know, sponsors, whatever you want to put on there, and then also custom sizing. And he does have, it, it says right here, Available in standard fit or custom fit. So you can get his pre, you know, if you don't want to do custom, he's got pre-color options and, and pre-sizing options also. So looks like a, I wish I didn't have this suit right now. <laughs> I've got to go crash this one. Uh, that's what I was thinking, right? So, I mean, we had. I got to crash that one before I, before I can justify so, another one. Like what, six months ago, you mentioned bison leathers to me. Yep. We had, so, you had been seeing those around. Yeah, there's there's uh, quite a few of them. The other one, so just doing a little research. If you you know how Google is, if you Google something, you'll start getting a lot of mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. I would recommend you stay away from the Pakistani two hundred dollar suit that yep. will come up because we are dealing with a safety product here, and and uh, I don't know. Typical suits are going to be cowhide, but you will see. If you really want to spend some money, there's kangaroo suits out there on the market. Yep. The kangaroo. The illegal in America kangaroo. Illegal in illegal in California for sure. <laughs>
or illegal to manufacture here. Yes, you cannot. Right. You cannot manufacture a kangaroo suit in the U.S., but it is legal to sell one. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the case in California. Seriously, yeah, who knows? They just give you cancer there, so. It's <laughs> but the the kangaroo suits, they're non-repairable. A lot mm -hmm. of these suits, you know, you could shred a leg. If you spend five thousand dollars on a suit and you just scuff the knee, maybe you want them to cut the leg off and sew a new one on it. With the kangaroo, I've read there's problems with like matching dyes and. Oh, I thought it was that they they take your measurements and then they go find the kangaroo that fits your measurements and they uh, <laughs> that fits it the best dis and then they have dispatch, a yeah dispatch the kangaroo and then they hand you the kangaroo dispatch they have a <laughs> they have a boxing match to the death oh that be yeah that's better than I say dispatch because that's what uh you know here in the Carolinas that's what they use for if you're going alligator hunting you. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what they meant at first. And then I realized, you know, you have to bring the gator alongside the boat before dispatch. <laughs> I was like, dispatch? What am I, what am I dispatching the cops out to get the gator? Like, what am I? Nice way of saying it. Yes. So on the, on the suits, you know, if, if you start looking around, it's, it's a little sketchy is I guess where I was going. There's, it, it starts to get a little sketchy on who you can trust. So even when you start wading out into that pool, you mm -hmm. need to, you need to do your research. Hazardous obviously seems like a reputable company. Been doing it a long time. Uh, some of the other ones that I've sifted through, you mentioned Bison. Yep. A reputable company. You're starting to see more and more of them at the yep. track. Quite a few. Uh, there's also Comet. I've seen Comet. I haven't done any research on that one. Did you have anything on that specific? So I, I basically took four, four that I felt were reputable after mm -hmm. reviewing websites seeing them at the track, some of those things. Um, Hazardous, Comet, Bison, and Mythos. Mythos. I'm not familiar with that one at all. I've seen Comet. I'd, it's funny because I had, so Comet, you know, they put their name big on the back, which most most suit companies do, but uh, that one seems to be just, it's so easy to read. It's all over on them. And, and yeah. in fact, when you go to their website, there's a frequently asked questions. Can I get Comet removed from the suit? <laughs> Is that an option? I think the answer was yes. Because I mean, they, that's good, in, they, good info. They do custom colors. So uh, we heard from Hazardous, but just I wanted to go through some of these uh, doing research on them. So mm -hmm. on Bison, they have a virtual measurement appointment is the way they do their measurement. Okay. So you actually set up a Teams meeting basically with them. And they have someone, you're supposed to have somebody on site with you to help you take your measurements and they verify virtually whether you're taking them from the right spots. Right. So whether you're, you know, you're too high up on the bicep or I guess. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Shout out yeah, to my guy. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get it in there. Uh, so uh, Comet has a measurement tutorial um, similar to Hazardous. They have videos, YouTube videos showing how to take the measurement. And then they have a form. And if you want to pull that up just to show how extensive this is, we're not talking about a waist size and an inseam here. I did want to touch on the on the bison real quick. I'm on their website. It's looking like two main options, the Thor 1 and the Thor 2. Thor 1 being 1150 and the Thor 2 being 1450. So those are the prices on there. Just it's still not not bad for a custom race suit. Custom colors, custom sizing again. Okay. Let me pull up the comment. Cometracingleathers.com. Now, uh, 
Pull up the yeah. measurement sheet that I sent you. Oh, you had that. So, and we'll go back to that. But Mythos, they have a measurement provided at various approved outlets. So when you look at them, there's they have people that are trained to do measurements for them. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them are motorcycle dealers, but they're all ranging California, Texas. It was Mythos is not a U.S. company. Their major presence appeared to be mostly on the West Coast okay. or Western United States. So that is the one thing that I personally like about um, Bison, I believe, Hazardous. And then I don't know if you found anything on these guys, but 1X. Mm -hmm. They so when I was talking to the hazardous guy, he said he personally knows the owners of both Bison and One X, and they all kind of work together and bounce ideas off each other quite a bit. Uh, so they're all you know made in America. As Americans here, we like to support our local our local guys, and especially guys that I mean, I I met this guy at a track day, right? right. So that 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 is something I would consider local more than just like yeah, it's this giant company from America. It's a little more than that. This guy comes out to track days. He does what we do. He's not just trying to make a quick buck off of everyone doing it. So, but not only met him at a track day, you mm -hmm. you notice he said he could do measurements at lunch. That's because he's riding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was out there. Yeah, I mean his trailer is not just not just him selling stuff. He he had two bikes, I think, at least one. I don't remember for sure, but at least one bike out in front. So pulling this up now, the comment measure. Wow. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, twenty-one measurements. Go ahead and pull that up. 21 measurements. 21 measurements. All the way down. Man, they've even got, like, your arm. Look at that. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I guess, so 12 would be the width. 14 is a width. 15 is the width. No, 12 is shoulder to point of elbow. Yeah, but look at look at number eight. They got the knee circumference. Yeah. In, in case you got, you know, those giant calves and your knee never grew. That guy does have pretty big calves. <laughs> if you yeah. if you didn't, you didn't skip leg day. Even the ankle. I'd say most ankles are like reasonably similar. And you can just put a stretchy band down there. That's insane. That is quite the measurement it, it, chart. It puts it into perspective because when you're asking yourself, is a custom suit worth it? And then you look at just how many places they're going to make that thing fit you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have to watch your diet just to stay exactly the way you were. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That is uh wow. Definitely worth it. I would say uh, just from that alone. Yeah. And then the, when I was in Atlanta, that's when I was talking to the hazardous guy before I ever actually went and talked to him, the guy that was right next to me and, you know, in the pit right next to me, he had a bison suit on. And I, I asked him because we had talked about it a little bit. I was like, Hey, how is the bison? And he saw that I was wearing Alpen stars and he's like, well, here's why I bought one. He, I guess in the last few years, Alpen stars has had some questionable batches quality wise. And he's seen some friends go down and, and blow their suits apart. Uh, so in fact, when I went down that day, as we talked about a little bit, when I got back, he's like, Oh, I'm so glad that, your suit's okay and that that it didn't shred on you and i was like i've never you know i bought up in stars because i trust them to work but he was really worried about that and he that's why he had the bison leathers yeah i mean his were all i want to say like kind of a camo color had his name on the back little number on him whatever colors he wanted and he said they're super comfy super easy to work with you know just basically couldn't say enough enough good about them that day did uh 
Did Hazardous mention uh, lead times? I thought that was in the end of the interview. I think he said four to six weeks. Four to six I weeks. I want to say. I mean, he's got... Comet, Comet advertised the best lead time. Okay. For a custom suit. They're advertising three weeks. That's not bad. Closest one, Me- Mythos, was 11 weeks. Okay. The rest of them I looked at were that four to six week range. I'm trying to find out. Sorry if they have anything. I didn't do enough research on that, so I apologize. But yeah, I think my, again, and I kind of already said that, but there were also a couple people out there in the 1X suits. The fact that Hazardous was able to name off those brands, or RJ, I should say, and say that you know he works with them or, or knows them, they're not fighting each other for business. They're all just trying to offer their own their own version. And I think they're all kind of in slightly different locations. But again, the, the people running these, these companies are there for, for the rider, you know, offering a custom suit at an affordable price because they know that custom suit is worth the money because it's not only more comfortable, it looks cooler, but it's also safer. Honestly, if you have something that fits perfectly everywhere, it's going to be safer. And so it was just uh, reassuring to hear that there's there's a company out there, not just like a random dude that's willing to do something for you, but a company out there that can mass produce to a degree mass produce and provide you with something at that price, which is a, an amazing price. You know, custom suit with your your company logo on the back and your name and, and whatever else you want or whatever you want on there. Honestly, if you're not, you know, if you're just doing track days and Alex, Alex, because your brother already took your name. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably going to go order one. Um, maybe not for a minute, because like you said, you kind of got to wreck one before you get another one. But when I saw that price and after talking to him, I was like, you know, that's worth it. So how how bad is your suit from that last incident? After the wreck, I would pull it up, but I don't want to try and over the webcam. Um, maybe we can do a, maybe we'll get a video out in the next couple of weeks about post-wreck suit rash, I guess. Uh, it's not bad. There's no actual rips anywhere. There's no tears through the leather. There's some reasonable rash, but it was a, uh, I wouldn't say I was doing more than maybe 40 miles an hour in that turn. It was not a high speed turn. I did spend, you know, I went from the inside all the way to the outside on the pavement and I definitely slid that whole way. It held up fine. There's a little bit of rash on that side. That's it's that's good though, because I mean, honestly, when you go to the track, once you start moving levels up, I mean, you get made fun of if you don't have at least one go down mark <laughs> yeah yeah it's not truly broken in you know <laughs> yeah it just means you're not trying hard enough if you don't have some scrapes i don't know no it it handled it handled itself fine the other you know i went down in alpen stars before that one i think has a very small rip on the elbow but the elbow also has a hard plastic pad under it so i figured right. it you know got a little bit more friction from that yeah and the only reason some of this is important to talk about for people that are doing track days or racing or whatever it is, there is a certain point where the suit is no longer acceptable. Yep. And they don't allow, they don't allow duct tape fixes, for example. I mean, yep. we've talked about that before, but most people, you know, you're not going to replace a suit unless it can't get past tech. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And tech generally there just can't be any holes that you can see skin through. So, and there are plenty of people out there that do suit patching and it is 100% acceptable. So you don't have to buy a new suit just because you get a hole in it. You can go get it patched. Uh, you can get it repaired unless you're getting a kangaroo. Then they have to go dispatch a new 
custom kangaroo for you. <laughs> Dispatch so. a baby kangaroo to yeah. fix your little hole. Uh, anyway, but yeah, you can absolutely get those repaired. So don't think that you go down once and hit the wrong rock the wrong way that you're you're out of suit. But I think in our in our experience, especially for you, you never really had one quite the right size anyway. So it was a good excuse to be like, well, I'll try a different size. Maybe, you know, try the more expensive and see if it fits better, if it's nicer. So yeah, going back to the first point, if you're trying mm -hmm. to do this on the cheap, don't be me. It kind of brings up what we've said before, but if you go try a track day, you're going to like it. Yeah. And right. you're going to want to do it again. But I don't expect you to go buy a $1,000, $1,200 suit for your first track day, but you can rent them. Yep. Yeah, you can. And I will tell you most track day organizations, they want you there. It's not some forbidden club. I wanted to clear something real quick while we're while we're here and back on track days and talking once again about track days. We are not against riding motorcycles on the road. I don't know if anyone's gotten that out of our out of our podcast here, but I'm not against it. I know you're not against it. Obviously, you rode your bike down to the dealer today, but I just want to put that out there. We've got some uh, I think some Harley Davidson episode plans in the future. Both of us enjoy you know, riding purely for leisure. And there's a lot more to motorcycling than just going to the racetrack. We just also happen to very much enjoy the racetrack and it's race season. So what else are you going to talk about? Right. Anyway, sorry for that side note, but where was I? I forgot where I was. I lost it. Racetrack. Oh, they want you there. Um, you know, talking to Ken Hill two weeks ago now, they absolutely rent bikes. They rent leathers. Uh, you know, my wife actually rode on the back of Ken Hill's bike out of the ridge and borrowed everything besides I had an extra helmet. So she used my helmet, but they're like, we've got helmets. So I was like, ah, I've got an extra. That's fine. We can cover that. Right. Borrowed everything else. Boots, gloves, suit. They rent bikes like you can borrow rent. Was it Thunder Hill that was like making announcements all day? Uh, this guy just went down and needs a clip on for an R6. Yeah, it, it was because it that's not typical at every track. No, it was kind of different, but nice yeah. to see. Coming over They're, the PA. I mean, at one point they were like, somebody's girlfriend or wife wanted to go try their bike in the C group. And they were looking for a size six women's boot yeah, or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were all over the PA all day. <laughs> the track. I think that's, that's part of what I enjoy at least about it is that the track community is it's tight knit. You know, it's it's almost a family. You're welcomed. Uh, obviously, there's there's all different types of people, like with any sport. Um, but for the most part, everyone's goal is to go ride motorcycles there. And so everyone wants to help everyone out with that goal. But anyway, uh, I also just wanted to point out that Suits is not the only thing that Hazardous does. Uh, he mentioned in the interview, which I think I might actually end up posting this interview just on its own after this episode comes out. I'll just have the interview on the channel. So if you're, I should have put that out in the beginning, maybe put this in the beginning. If you're here for info on hazardous racing, the interview will be in a different video that'll be linked below. And then for those of us that are still here, or those of you that are still here and listening, I will have links to all of this Comet, hazardous one X bison leathers. They'll all be here. And the only other thing I wanted to cover was RST. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about them besides that. They have some very cheap options non-custom yeah cheap as far as cheap or cheap as far as cheap don't know i don't know i don't have any i haven't done a ton of research i've got a, one friend that has an rst suit he's never gone down so who knows you don't what it's the rough part is like there's comfortable you know if it was about comfortable i think we'd all be wearing pajamas out there 
Uh, it's a little more than just comfortable. I don't wear pajamas. Well, whatever you find the most comfortable is what you'd be wearing out there. Jeans well, and a that, baggy that t-shirt, is, I guess. Terrible for everybody. <laughs> all right. I wore that. Uh, anyway, uh, but it's not all about that, right? It's more about the safety is the end the end goal. And so I don't have any actual experience with RST. Uh, I will say Sedici. You can go to your local cycle gear and buy I a Sedici suit. about Sedici. Yeah. I do have a buddy that bought a Sedici suit, and I was kind of laughing at him. This is before I knew about all the custom brands, but he showed up in Sedici, and I was like, what would you do, go to Kmart? He's like, uh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's the Harbor Freight you know, suit. I, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, so I bought a pair of Sedici gloves out That's there right. at your cycle gear. Yeah. Um, and? Just, just to have at your place. And they were, ah, it might be an unfair comparison because they were a cheaper option than my Alpine Stars, but they did the job. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't try them out on the ground per se. So I will say, Sadichi, I think, I think he paid five, six hundred for his suit, and he's not a small guy. Put it down twice now, at least. The first day, in an hour. Are we talking about the same guy? Yeah, it wasn't all in that. All right, we got, he's probably listening. We ain't got to be that rude. Well, I'm um, not being rude. <laughs> I mean, but no, I mean. He drug his drug his knee on you know his first time out on the track first first session knee on the ground. What angle this is again? <laughs> and his uh came back with his puck was like like just the wrong position or he didn't quite realize what the knee dragon was for. I kind of told him I was like, hey man, mark mark your lean angle with your knee and then lift your knee back up because otherwise you're gonna not have a knee left, not just knee puck knee left when you get back because he'd grown ground through his suit just a little bit was starting to tear into the leather but he's put that down a couple times and he's still wearing it there's no holes in it so reputable enough you know i i, I gave him the crap that i gave him because i'm wearing alpen stars and you know hey look at me that was those comments were nothing but love that was the fact that uh you know i gotta i gotta give him credit where it's due because i did not have my knee anywhere near the ground on my first track day my first track day i got the pictures back and i was like i'm never doing that again that looks terrible I don't look anything like anything that I expected or that I felt, you know, I was out there and like, man, I'm leaning off the bike like crazy getting all over the place. And I get back in my pictures. I'm like, you know, my well, head's I'm, off just a little bit. I'm pretty sure that gentleman we're talking about came in with a wore out knee puck after two sessions and was like, how often are you supposed to replace these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, just flip it. <laughs> Cause I didn't have any extras. So he flipped it upside down and, yeah. I mean, once I, yeah, once I told him like, Hey, just use it as a marker. You don't need to drag it through the whole corner. He's like, Oh, that makes more sense. And I you know, he didn't have an issue with it after that, but he was definitely kind of using his knee as a kickstand there for a bit. So, which, like I said, that's better than I could ever say for my first, my whole first year at the track. Honestly, I didn't get a knee on the ground. That was, you know, the, the main goal. If you ever drug your knee on the ground at a hundred miles an hour, you know, so there we go. But yeah, Sedici, uh, the one nice thing about them, I guess, is you go to Cycle Gear. Cycle Gear's everywhere. You can go try them on. That's the like the rough part for me about, or has been the roughest for Alpen Stars, is you're online and you're like looking at measurements and you're like, I don't really want to pull out a tape measure. I know what size I am. You're like, yeah, that one. And you pick it and you get it and you're like, well, it's too late to send it back. It was 1200 bucks, 1500 bucks, maybe 1800 who knows. Yeah. I- and so you just stick with it. I will say one of them ones I ordered was from Revzilla, mm-hmm. and 
it didn't fit. And I put it back in the bag and returned it. And they were really good about that. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't want to just sit here and talk bad about Alpen Stars. I don't think that was our goal. I think no. we've been, we've enjoyed the stuff that we've had. I've I've got two pairs of the boots, a couple pairs of gloves, the suit, and then a, a two piece suit and I another pair of shoes. Set of their boots. Yeah. So they're, I mean, they they make great stuff. Absolutely, reputable. They're big. All the racers wear it, you know. But I just wanted to get that word out there that there are other options, and those options right. are not ridiculously priced. And I can tell you, my next suit's probably going to be from from either Hazardous or Bison, maybe One X. Uh, I think. I did want to say the the one X prices just to get the info out there for you. Da, da, da. Ready to race, ready to race suits. Do any of these suits make you faster? Um, yeah. Off off camera, hazardous racing was guaranteed uh, at least one second down on every lap time. Uh, that's that's my next suit then. Just kidding. Uh, RJ did not say that. I can't <laughs> <laughs> can't have you going after him if you buy one of his suits and. You said I'd get a second down in my lap time. <laughs> I went up two seconds. I'm also riding a way different bike. <laughs> yep. All right. So I'm at the 1X USA. All these are airbag ready. They're most expensive. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. This is going to blow your mind. Most expensive race suit. Take a guess. $1,200. Mm, nope. Did I go way low or way high? Way high. What? Yeah. Are you sure these guys are reputable? $729. Where are they from? They're here in the USA. Made for winners. I wear. Oh, that's, that's not me. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess if you're not winning races, you can't buy a 1X. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they do have kids stuff, too. That's the the cool thing. So they're kids suits at the $699 mark. Because that, that was another question I had was... You know, I look at the Alpen Stars, and they're, they've got one youth option, and they don't have very many sizes for it. I'm like, well, if my daughter wants to race here in a couple of years, where am I supposed to go? Um, and the when I was at Atlanta, most recent, there was a 14 year old kid out there, and he was in a one X suit. So that's why I recognized that brand. And then, like I said, RJ from Hazardous also mentioned it. So, well, I mean, that makes sense because I've made no secret about my my size, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like two steps down from the biggest off the shelf suit you can even buy in most of yeah. those suits. And there's, well, and there's a lot of people out there bigger than me. Well, yeah. I mean, I've seen dudes at the track that are well over six foot. And I'm, I've always just been like, man, where do you, I know I have trouble cause I'm so short, which is weird. That's the weird part to me. Let me just throw this out there. I am short. I know that I'm a small guy on average. I'm not, I'm 5'6", about 140 to 145 pounds with pretty standard ratios. I'm the same size as Mark Marquez. Why is it so hard to find an Alpenstar suit in my size? Well, I don't mean to dig back into that well, but you would think. I mean, he's going through six suits a weekend. You would think you could just get one of his old ones. <laughs> hey, 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 I'll just hit him up. I'll just email him. Like, hey, uh. You know that one you just wrecked in? That was looked like not a bad low side. Can I? Can I have it that? It wasn't bad. They're, he's only changing them for sponsors. Yeah, yeah. So you can still see him on there. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a website somewhere. You know, the usedracesuits.com or something like that. I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure it's like tires, right? You can't go buy used racing tires. 
from big guys like that because Alpenstars is supplying them, so they're going to want to take them back. That is the one thing I'll say is that with those big companies that are over in Europe supplying racing teams, they do more than just build the suit and give it to the guy. They build the suit, give it to the guy, and then when he wrecks, they look at his wreck. They look at the common wrecks. They look at where to put stuff, and they definitely take the suit back and do the research on it and figure out, like, okay, this stitching didn't hold up where it was supposed to. I mean, somebody had to look at Fabio's zipper last year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Well, and that's an interesting... I was going to say that with size earlier. I was curious if if a loose-fitting suit would give you more friction on the skin. So I know Fabio is always not wearing a shirt underneath, but there's been a couple times where he goes down, he's got super bad rash from it. And I'm like, you're wearing leather like that should take care of it. Well, Fabio, Fabio's problem is the zipper, zipper malfunctions. Yeah, I do remember that last year, two years ago. Was it his championship year that was real bad? Yeah. And he had to, he had to rip his chest protector out and throw it during the race. Yeah. So they had to talk about that and change some rules, I think, after that. You can't be throwing safety equipment to the side. Yep. Probably should have been black flagged or for equipment failure at that point. But no, more recently than that, the chest burns you're talking about, when he crashed, it pulled the zipper open as he was sliding on his chest. It pulled the mm. zipper open. Okay. So he was on his bare chest. Well, that and, makes more sense then. And Alpine Stars was pretty serious about getting those suits back. So they could analyze yep. why the zipper came down. They said they were going to make some changes. Even even down to, like you said, they're constantly studying, constantly trying to improve. Even the zippers are not, the, the zippers aren't standard to where they just zip easy. They click mm-hmm. together so that it's less likely for them to, to break open them up. up. When you yep. don't want them, there's Velcro straps across the top so you can pull the end up and Velcro it across. Different suits, different things. Yeah, I think we've done suits to death. Yeah, the only other thing I wanted to say, just to just real quick, if you don't have a track bike, you're not dedicated to tr- dedicated to track riding. I do think the two piece is the way to go. L- leather, not textile, but not textile, huh? But the leather, because you can 100% every track day I've ever been to, you can wear it. No one has it as long as it zips together. No issue with it. And then if you ever want to just wear the jacket out on the street, you can absolutely do that. Yeah, if you so, if you if you move to racing, those do become illegal. Yeah, but by the time you move to racing, you're probably so serious about it. You might also have four suits in your closet, <laughs> something like that. All right, enough about suits. What's next? What else we got? I I think that's it for today. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. What do like we got said, coming up? We got. We're gonna. We are gonna talk about. We are gonna talk about Moto America. Yep. Uh, follow, following lug nut real close today. Yep. Uh, yep. So far, so far, not great, but. Well, I'm excited for him. He was I'm very, very for, lucky. Uh, I'd say not. I don't. I don't want to say lucky. Uh, but he was able to get back out there. If if, if you don't know lug nut, we interviewed him at the last Moto America race at Road Atlanta, uh, and he was riding the Altus Suzuki bike for Brandon Posh. Brandon Posh, yeah, BP. Brandon Posh, yep. Uh, Brandon Posh, unfortunately, due to injury, is still out for this race, which they are in. Now I'm forgetting that too. Alabama, Alabama. Is that right, Barber? Yep, Barber. Yep, Barber Motorsports Park. It is in Alabama. He got the call once again to continue, continue with Altus down there this weekend. So 
be following close, seeing how well he can do. Hopefully, Altus has a little better luck this weekend in general. Uh, maybe some better oil. Stuff like that happens. So, But yeah, excited to see him, and uh, I think we'll see him again in person in July. Another, I'll say it again, another shout-out to Track Day Circus. If you're not going, you should go. If you are going, come find us. We'll be there. That's all I need to yeah. say on that. Yeah, and in the meantime, we'll end this, but like, subscribe, all all the things. Yeah, go follow us on Instagram at JK Moto Podcast on Instagram. You know, send us DMs with any questions or anything you'd like us to cover in our podcast. Uh, we can definitely come up with stuff to talk about. Don't get me wrong, but if there's anything specific you want us to talk about or hash out, let us know on there. Comment on YouTube, and we'll we'll do the research. We'll hash it out. We'll get you guys whatever answers you need, uh, and go buy a T-shirt. We got T-shirts. Website, you can find the website on our YouTube or on the Instagram. Go buy a t-shirt. Show us your great support. Perfect. Call I got I to go pack for Germany. Yesterday at one point, I was in sixth. Ah, come on. We need to change that. <laughs> need to do a voiceover. Third. Now the sixth is what's funny about it, I think. <laughs> at one point, I mean, it it makes sense. We were at a Roebling. Well, I don't even know where that comment came from. You were talking about the. the yeah, how would I have ever known I was in sixth on a track day? Sixth, what? You don't pay attention to your gear. My gear. Yeah, there's a gear indicator. Oh, I thought sixth position. Oh, no, it was sixth gear. <laughs> have you been thinking sixth position this whole time? I'm a Harley guy. Most of them only have five. That six, that whole six is a new thing. Yeah, because you were talking about how, like, you kind of forgot and you were just clicking away and then you were in that sixth. That makes sense. See, and you couldn't that, click anymore. That's that old faulty mind you was talking about. Faulty, yeah. Faulty. Faulty. He's got a few stripped teeth.